Do you know that in, uh, since Mark 2, beginning of Mark 2, you see how Jesus is revealing himself as the Messiah in his works as the king? And we've seen how he shows himself to be the son of man who forgives sins. He's the great physician who calls sinners to repentance. He's the bridegroom. And today we're going to see how he is the son of man, the Lord of the Sabbath, even the Sabbath. Um, and you notice that since beginning of 2 verse 1, there's also uh, an increase of conflict Right? The Pharisees and scribes are becoming more and more hostile. So now when he comes to reveal himself as the Lord of the Sabbath, you see how the scribes and the Pharisees now want to kill Jesus. So that's what we're reading today is uh, Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 23 in our English Bibles, up to 3 verse 6. And our text, our focus is 27, 28. It happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest? ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man also is Lord of the Sabbath. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. So our focus, I'm going to read it verse, uh, verse 27, 28 once more. If you follow with me on those words. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. We're going to see three points from there. The first point is, at creation, God made the Sabbath. God made the Sabbath. Right? The Sabbath was made for man. And then we're going to see not man for the Sabbath. People tend to misuse the Sabbath or use the Sunday, you could say, in the wrong way. And then we're going to see how Jesus fulfills the Sabbath. He gives the Sabbath, he gives the Sunday, you could say, back to man. Even he is the Lord of the Sabbath. So that's our focus this morning as we look at these words. You know, when I was uh, living in New York City, there was a pastor there, 
he was a Jew, so he understood uh, what these Jews were fighting with and how, why they were fighting against Jesus. Because he himself came out of those really rigid, rigid traditions with all those laws. And when we were there, he just loved Sundays. And he made a great impression on the congregation. Every Sunday, after church, he would say to the different members, you come, come to my house. It's a celebration day. It's a feast day. And you go to his house, there's a kitchen table full with food and all kinds of drinks. And you can hardly find a place to put it, your empty plate. That's how full it was. It was lavish. It was, it was like a feast. He says, you know, Sunday is the celebration day. And, uh, and he would often bring in the fact that, um, yes, on this day, who arose from the dead? Jesus. Jesus arose from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He's Lord. He's Lord. We have lots to be happy about, lots to celebrate about. And then he would say, yeah, when did Jesus meet his disciples after he arose from the dead? On the first day of the week. And you read the New Testament. The church, the believers met on the first day of the week. And all throughout history, believers have met the first day of the week. Sunday was so special. It became very infectious. The fact that other people started celebrating with him in the way that he loved to see people celebrate. Do you know what? I think most people in our culture today find the day of rest really, really foreign. People, if you say to them, yeah, I don't, I'm taking the day off, it's Sunday, they look kind of strangely at you and say, what's, what's wrong with you? Uh, what, what age do you belong to? It's really not that well received today. And you think about it, many hate the truth, like the Pharisees did. They hate the truth that Jesus is the Lord. That's why many Christians are persecuted today, because they confess He is the Lord. And now he's saying, he's also Lord of the Sabbath. And many times, if you say to your employer, yeah, but I'm going to church, sometimes they get upset. And you have to come to the conclusion, well, who's the boss? Who's the Lord of the Sabbath? Who's the Lord of the Sunday? Your boss, or me, or is it Christ? And that's what we come to this morning. We see here that Jesus shows himself, he reveals himself as the Lord even of the Sabbath, the Sunday, you could say, the day of rest. You see, first of all, that goes all the way back at creation. At creation, God made the Sabbath. And here Jesus reminds those who have totally forgotten in verse 27. Right? The Sabbath was made for man. What's the Sabbath? It's a strange word. It's a Jewish word. The Hebrews know Sabbath. But Sabbath simply means rest. Rest. Who doesn't love rest? We all love to have rest. And you know, until the time when Jesus arose from the dead, 
all throughout history, God's people celebrated the day of rest on which day? Saturday. As a matter of fact, they would celebrate it from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. One whole day. Friday evening to Saturday evening. In the New Testament, the Sabbath, because Jesus arose again on the first day of the week, is now called the Lord's Day, or sometimes called the first day. It's the first day. The number one day of the whole week. Even, you see in the New Testament, the sense of celebration, rest. Now, man, did man make this day? No. No. The Jews did not invent it. The West did not invent it. Christians didn't decide, oh, let's have our own special day called Sunday. It's not that Muslims have Friday and Jews have Saturday. Therefore, maybe Christians should have their special day too, Sunday. No. That's right. Christians did not decide for Sunday. Who decided that? Jesus. Yeah. God did. The Sabbath was made. See that? Somebody made it. <coughs> and you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Made by whom? Well, I already heard the answer. Jesus. God. The Lord of the Sabbath made the Sabbath. For whom did he make it? Just for Christians? No. He made it for all mankind. The whole world. If you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, it was a gift. God says, I'm going to give a gift. I'm going to give a real, this is going to be like the dessert of my creation. I'm going to give a great dessert to mankind. And you know what? God made this day so that he could share it with man. God rested, and he wants us to share in his rest with him. He loves it. You know, after God created the world in six days, if you go to Genesis chapter 2, 1, 2, and 3, we read there, we read there that God rested on the seventh day. What's it mean that God rested? Did he get tired? Fall asleep? No. What it means he rested is that he was really happy. He took great joy he took great delight in everything that he had made. And he says, hey, Adam, you want to share in that with me? Because I just love to have you share with me the joy in all my works. At that time, it was the works of creation. Right? I want you to share in that with me. God was happy. And he wanted men had to be happy with him. Listen to Genesis 2, verse 3. God blessed the seventh day. We'll see what that means in a second. And he sanctified the seventh day because he rested from all his work which he had created and made. Two things can be said about this gift that God shared with man. He blessed. Welcome. He blessed. What's that mean? He wanted mankind to share in this blessing. He wanted mankind to 
to be uh, experiencing his favor on that day. He sanctified. That means he set one day, he set it apart from all the other days for us. God is saying, don't make it common like all the other days. It's a special day. A special day. So yeah, God made it for us. For one reason, that is so that we could share in it. But there's another reason why he made it for us. That we may benefit from it. God made it for the benefit of man. He made it for you. He made it for me. He made it for our benefit. In what way to benefit? Well, don't you get tired? Yeah. Don't you get stressed? I think so. Don't you worry? Don't you feel like sometimes things get really heavy? The Lord knows that. He made it to refresh you. He made it to restore you physically, spiritually, both things. You notice that it said that since fewer people are keeping the day of rest, there's more and more heart attacks. There's, There's stats to show that. God made us. He made us so that we could be so that we could rest physically, but also spiritually. God didn't make this day to say, okay, I'm gonna put you in a box now and confine you and restrict you. No. He knows what is best for you. We're not wiser than God, are we? No, God is all wise. He knows what we need for body and soul. He knows we need health. He knows we need growth. He knows we need blessing and refreshment and happiness. And you know what happens on Sunday? He recharges us. You know, a battery goes dead, you recharge it so it can work again for the next while. In a certain sense, you can say in Sundays, God recharges us for the work week ahead so that we can work and so that we can relate. Think of those three things, three ways in which we image God in resting, in working, in relating. Rest so that we can work and that we can relate. So important. God knows. We can accomplish a lot more in six days than we can if we work seven days. It's true. God made us that way. God made this day for man in the beginning. Do you know, when sin entered the world, God knew that his people also needed this day. And so he renewed this day for his people on Mount Sinai. We read the fourth commandment. Padre Peter read the fourth commandment earlier. What's God say there? Remember the Sabbath day. That means honor the Sabbath day. He came into the world. Sorry, sin came into the world through Adam. And when sin came, all kinds of hardship, tensions, and stress and unrest. And now God says, okay, you brought this upon yourself. I'm going to give you the remedy. I'm going to give the remedy back to you again. And so he says in the fourth commandment, remember, remember the Sabbath day. Remember the day of rest. Because I want you to be strengthened. I want you to be recharged. I want you to be strengthened in your faith by my word, by my spirit, so that you may continue to serve me. 
It's really interesting. The very remedy that God provides, man rejects. It's kind of like God, here's, God said, here's the gift. Man says, no thanks. Right? Just think about it. Oh, God says, put your six days. Put your six days of work aside. The stresses of it, just leave it. Leave it totally. And take time to enjoy me, God says. Take the time. You love me? I love you. I want your love too. I want your response. I want to refresh you. Remembering his day is the secret to the life that Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself and its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Wow, there's the secret. That's not to say we never worry, but it is, you could say, ammunition that God gives us to armor us, to protect us, so that we may continue to serve Him in love and in thankfulness. You look at Jesus' disciples here in Mark chapter 2. They are really enjoying the Sabbath day, the Sunday, or you could say the Saturday at that time. They're really enjoying it. They're walking with Christ, walking through the grain field, probably chatting away and talking and maybe laughing and picking up heads of grain, right? And they would pick the heads of grain and then they would roll it, eat it, eat the seeds of it. And where are they going? Well, they're going on the way to worship, to the place of worship. They're just simply enjoying the day. And they're enjoying the day with Christ. That's what they're doing here. Enjoying the day with Christ on his day. So what's the problem here? Why do the Pharisees get so angry at the disciples? I mean, they're enjoying the day. They're on the way to worship. What's the issue? Well, that brings us to the second part of verse 27. What is... Man, do what we see the Pharisees doing here. They're ignoring, really, the Sabbath. They're abusing, they're misusing the day of rest. You think about it, who really is abusing? They're accusing the disciples of breaking the Sabbath. They're accusing them of doing what's not lawful on the day of rest. Now, the Bible allowed one to eat from the fields in Deuteronomy 22-25. There it is. There it says that anyone may eat from the grain. May eat from the heads of the grain in the fields. But the Pharisees had one problem. It was, that wasn't the problem for the Pharisees. The problem was they were eating it on Sunday. Or you could say on the Sabbath. On the day of rest. And that rule is not found in the Bible. The Pharisees made that rule that they should not eat it on, on the Sabbath. They should not eat it on the day of rest. They made that rule. It's not in the, found in the Bible at all. You know, two things can be said about the abuses of the day of rest today. The one is really strange to us. It's, it's really foreign to us. And that's what we see here. Some were making so many rules. The Pharisees, they made all kinds of rules what you were allowed to do on the Sabbath and what you are not allowed to do on the day of rest. What the disciples were doing 
was considered harvesting. They said if you picked grain and went like this, you were harvesting and you were cooking on the Sabbath. And you are not allowed to harvest and you are not allowed to cook on, on the Sabbath. Anybody cook here on Sunday? That's okay. It's great to have a feast. We should be cooking. As a matter of fact, it's better not to cook the first six days and just do all the cooking on Sunday because it's a feast day. Well, the Pharisees were looking and saying, you know, they're harvesting and now they're going like this that was warming up their food and that was called cooking. And then they would be eating it. And that was not considered to be lawful. They had so many other laws. I'll give you some other examples. You were not allowed to spit in the dirt on the Sabbath, on the Sunday. Or you could say on the day of rest. Why? Because if you spit, the dirt would split and you would be plowing. So you're not allowed to plow the fields. Okay, you are not allowed to tie a knot or loosen a knot. You're not allowed to tie a shoelace, Enosh. Nor were you allowed to loosen a shoelace. Did you tie your shoelaces this morning? Right? The Pharisees said, no, you're not allowed to do that. You weren't allowed to sew one more stitch. If I had a little hole in my shirt, Arlene, my wife, could not be allowed to sew if it was two stitches, only one. They had all kinds of laws. If you had a dislocated foot, you had to wait until Sunday, or sorry, Monday, or the next day to fix it up. It's true. You know, one of the reasons God disciplined his people is because they didn't remember the Sabbath day. But what happened is they became so rigid after that, they started making all kinds of laws. But were the Pharisees observing this Sabbath as God intended? No. They made the day not into a day of enjoying a relationship with God, singing, praying, eating, and feasting. It was only rules. Only rules. And those rules became heavy burdens. Rules, rules, <laughs> rules. And they were just looking at each other, looking to see who would break the next rule. And that's why Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for a man. Not man for the Sabbath. They were acting as if God made man for the Sabbath. Their focus was on keeping their rules, not on cultivating a, a joyous relationship with the Lord, singing and praying and feasting. They followed a list of do's and don'ts. It's one thing that God doesn't like when we serve him out of duty only, out of legal, legal uh, laws, Right? What they would do is they would make a mental check mark beside every rule. They had all those rules listed. They would put a check mark beside all those that they had kept. And if they kept it, they said, ah, we're keeping the Sabbath. But were they keeping the Sabbath? No. They missed the point of the Sabbath. They missed the Lord. They missed out on the blessing. They missed out on the joy. No, it wasn't the disciples that were abusing the Sabbath. It was the Pharisees. They lost the true meaning. They lost the joy. They lost the rest. The Lord didn't have their hearts. He didn't have their minds. He didn't have their love. He didn't have their worship. 
You know, their master was not Jesus. Their master became the Sabbath. You know, that's one extreme. Laws, laws, laws. The other extreme I think we see more among us today or in our culture today, and that is there's the tendency of no regard for their Lord's day. The problem for us today is the exact opposite. Not too many rules, but simply doing what we want on the Lord's day. That's also misusing or using his day in a wrong way. The Lord wants to be honored. And how does he want to be honored on this day? Right? He wants to be honored through our worship and through our rest. You know, we know our sinful natures. It shapes inside of us. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But God does say, remember the Sabbath day. He does say that. To put him first, not our work. You know, don't let your boss put burdens on you. That's not fair. That's not right. Don't let them put burdens on you. The Lord delivers us from those burdens so that we may enjoy him. See, that's the opposite extreme. We start doing what we want doing our own thing and we start carrying our burdens and that's the burdens that the Lord never intended for us to carry on his day he came to deliver us from it he came he wants us to meet with him and worship he desires to cultivate he desires to nurture a relationship with us so that we may grow in our relationship with him through his word you know what he doesn't want us to see it merely as duty oh I better go to church today because I have to no, the Lord doesn't. The Lord doesn't want that. Well, at least I've been here three, four times. That's good enough. Wait a minute. The Lord's not looking for a recipe. He's not looking for a list. He's looking for the heart. He wants all of us. He wants us to engage with Him. He wants all of us. And most of all, He doesn't want us to miss out on the blessing. If we miss out on the blessing on Sunday, can we expect his blessing the next six days? Jesus came to liberate us from sin. He came to liberate us from the unrest, that we may enjoy him, delight ourselves in him. You know, a beautiful thing. We come to our third point here. Jesus, as Savior and Lord, in his grace, what does he do? He gives the Sabbath back to us again. So it's even more important. It's even more stressed, emphasized. He gives the Sabbath back to us again so that we may enjoy him. Now, of course, not because he completed the works of creation, but because he has completed the work of redemption. <laughs> and that brings us to our final point. Christ fulfills the Sabbath. Look at verse 28. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. The term Son of Man here simply means one who has authority. You see it in the word Lord. He is Lord. Right? That's our confession, isn't it? He is Lord. And because He is Lord, He's also the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sunday. He's the Lord of every day of my life. But also, it says, even the day of rest. <coughs> 
Wow, praise God for that. Because he died for our sin and rose again to give us new life, he gives a Sabbath back to us. And the way to enjoy rest on the Christian Sabbath today is coming to Christ for rest. He's a Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. He is the rest. All that the Sabbath points to is centered, is focused on him. You see that in verses 1 through 6 of chapter 3. You see a man sitting there in worship? He's deformed. He has a withered hand. It's dry. It's all shriveled up. There's no way he can even lift his arm. And there he is. And Luke, if you read Luke, it says it was his right hand. So he's not even able to work with it. God says, one day you shall rest, six days you shall work. No, he did not experience the rest in Christ. He was not able to work. And the Pharisees, they see that this man is sitting there. They see Jesus there. And their eyes are not focused on Jesus. Their eyes are focused on what he is going to do with this man. Because they are looking for a fault in him. And one of their laws was no health care on Saturday. Right? No health care on the Sabbath day. The only time the health care was provided if your life was in danger. A withered hand. Is that considered a, a perilous thing to life? Well, no. So they're watching. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, step forward. And he stands up in their midst, this man, and he says to the Pharisees, he looks at them, he says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To give life or to kill? Which is it? Jesus is so grieved. He's so grieved that their hearts are not in a right relationship with the Lord. Their hearts, it says here, were hardened. And what does Jesus say? Stretch out your hand. How does a man stretch out his hand when he can't? Well, by faith. The Lord gave him the faith to stretch out his hand. He obeyed. And immediately it says, the Lord Jesus restored him and made him whole. This man became a new creature in Christ. He became a new creation. Jesus brought the Sabbath rest back to this man. Do you know what the Pharisees do? They want to kill the Sabbath by killing the Sabbath himself, Jesus. That's where verse 6 ends. They hate Jesus. They hate the Sabbath. And so they want to kill him. No, they were not really keeping the Sabbath. Their hearts were not with the Lord. They had no rest. You know, Jesus today gives a Sabbath back to us. Brothers and sisters, he gave himself to you through his sacrifice on the cross. How do we respond to him? He arose again to life from the dead in him there is a new creation and because there is a new creation he also brings back the day of rest back to his people he worked hard for your salvation and on the cross he said it is finished like God said at creation 
And therefore, we find our rest where? We find our rest in him. Jesus fulfills the command, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. He's the Lord. Not our bosses. Not our families. He is Lord. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He wants our hearts. He wants our thanks. And you know what the beautiful thing is? He gives his spirit to all who cry out to Christ. He gives his spirit who enables us to be willing. He enables us to surrender our hearts to him and our lives so that this day truly is a joy for his people. It's a celebration. Really, Sunday is a celebration of our rest in Christ. I just think it's great what we do here. We meet together, we eat together, we fellowship together. It's a powerful witness to the world. I know there are circumstances, situations where work sometimes is required. But I think it's also easy to make excuses and not really trust the Lord that he will provide. Not really trust that he will bless you. Yes, guard your time. Guard your time. Guard the gift the Lord has given you. He wants to guard. He wants to protect your relationship with him. So important. You know, I think there's something in, in us that chafes against it. But I would say in some ways you can compare the fourth commandment to the seventh commandment. Right? God has us in a marriage relationship. He wants us to protect our marriages. Maybe sometimes the sinful nature chafes against us and the tendency is that we look elsewhere. But the Lord wants to protect the marriage relationship between husband and wife. In the same way, with the Lord's day, there may be things inside of us we chafe against it. But he wants to protect. He wants to protect that day. He wants to protect our relationship with him. He wants to renew. He wants to recharge us for the coming week. You know, it's also a powerful testimony to others how important Christ is to you. I've heard it said again and again. Or believers say, I'm not working Sunday. And they're taken aback. Right? The boss is taken aback. He says, what? Really? Right? It, it testifies to who really is Lord. Who is Lord? Christ is Lord. And you see again and again how the Lord provides. Even for people who say, no, I can't. The Lord always provides. He always provides. You see it again and again. You know, on this day, we also think of, of another day that's coming, a better day. What is that better day? The eternal rest. The day of days. This day points to a better day that's coming. If you read Hebrews 4 verse 9, it talks about the eternal rest, the eternal Sabbath. And God is already preparing for us now for that. Taste it. Enjoy it. This is what eternal life is about. Fullness of joy, feasting, wholeness. He's the rest. He's the recipe for joy on the Sabbath. The Pharisees didn't have joy because they didn't want Jesus. They didn't believe in him. 
There was no Sabbath in their life. And because there was no Sabbath in their life, it was a hard life. It was a sad life. There was no rest. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. That's the secret to the joy of this very special day that God has given to us. A gift. Let's enjoy it, brothers and sisters. Amen.